I think that's the place to start is asking yourself the question, what are you really passionate about? So passionate that you would give up your time and give up your talent, give up your treasure, that you'd pour your heart and soul into something. We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Today's sponsor is Eva, the most intelligent Amazon scaling toolkit online. Amazon sellers need exact, quick-to-read profit reports. Many sellers already pay a lot of money for these. Eva has world-class finance analytics with crystal-clear graphs included at no extra cost. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers, averaging a 51% increase in profits. To get a 15-day free trial, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Today's topic is a how-to guide for integrating charity and business. We're going to discuss Jason's organization in Zambia that currently employs over 100 team members who assist over 20,000 children a year with food, school uniforms, and other purposeful products. Plus, we'll lay out the simple steps that anyone can follow to integrate charitable business giving, I should say, charitable giving into your business. So, Jason, fascinating topic. I'm really been daring uh, wanting to ask you all about your trip anyway so what were you doing there in the first place yeah we had a a great time we were i was hosting a group from an organization called convoy of hope they are a large organization in the midwest and they've kicked off a feeding program with us we're feeding 4850 kids daily hot lunches in 10 schools in a place called nombe compound which is a very challenging slum you could call it in lusaka zambia and uh, we've been working there since 2009, and this is our latest project that we've launched, and we're really excited about it. So their chief operating officer was on the trip, their international program senior vice president, and then their director for Africa program work were all on the trip. And we got to host them, show them our work, and cut ribbons in front of these kitchens that were built in these little schools, these really challenging schools and uh, meet the principals there and and the community. And it was just a great time. So yeah, we had a good time. So they were there for several days and we saw our other program work as well, our backyard gardens program, our thrusters program. And then, and then they left. And then I did several days of program training and workshop type stuff with our teams there. Wow. So extraordinary stuff. So I guess the first question is for those who don't know you that well, they know you as an e-commerce operator. Maybe they think of you as the doll closed guy, if they, if they, mm, yeah. depending on what hook people have got for you in their mind. Yeah. I know obviously you've got a big background in charity, but what took you there in the first place as an e-commerce operator? What are you doing in the middle of Zambia giving people meals? Yeah. Yeah. We started our work there in 2009. I was leading a trip. I worked for in charity for 20 years professionally. I was leading a trip to Zambia uh, to look at HIV AIDS program implementation work with a, was a big push back in the 2000s. And, and I, we went on a day excursion to a local school there in this place called Nombe Compound. And uh, I met a group of eight moms. They were trying to make beaded costume jewelry to raise money for a school that they hoped to build for their kids. They had 475 children that they just collected off the streets 
including their own kids too, though, from their community. And they were they had a community school, and they really wanted a school building. They were meeting in a partially built church. And I just, when I met them, had this incredibly strong conviction that I needed to help them. I didn't know how to help them. I didn't know what they needed. I didn't know them. I didn't know their community. I didn't know anything about the context. At that point, I had been in nonprofit management for 15 years or more. I had a graduate degree in international nonprofit management. So it was the career path that I was living in part of and uh, walking. And uh, But this was a special group, and it really altered the course of our life. And we've worked with them since 2009. Wow. Amazing. But I guess that there is a sort of thread of your life that's been there consistently as part of your professional training yeah. and experience for a long time yes yeah. So, yeah i guess the next thing is the obvious question is okay so on the one hand there's you with all of that background and then there's you the e-commerce operator but how do they do they just exist side by side do they have anything <laughs> to do with each other how does that work sure yeah yeah we think they're pretty integrated at least in our hearts and lives they're integrated i don't know from the customer perspective how good we're doing integrating it all but i think we take our whack at it the reality was we were nonprofit people who couldn't pay the bill we were, we were like many nonprofit people we had a heart to serve a heart to do missional work and caring type service but the reality of living on the west coast is it's just expensive and that was the tension so we started selling on ebay in 2007 it was my wife's sort of a part-time what she could do we have three kids so they were in school, so she it was a part-time side hustle deal that she could weave into to her life really more than mine. And then it turned into e-commerce operation and a real business, a real company. Ultimately, I retired from my 9-to-5 job on January 1st, 2014 and went full-time with the business. So what we do now is we consider it a parallel structure where we have a 501c3 charity that we run as volunteers. It's a, We don't take any salary or anything like that. We, in fact, we're insanely frugal. We try to have zero overhead. But then we have our e-commerce operation that funds our life. And and uh, we, we like to dine out and we like a car and a house. And we're not, we don't, haven't taken a vow of poverty. So we live in this weird space between, on the one hand, trying to do well for the community we're serving and the people we're working to support, and also live in the real world and have our own needs met and that kind of thing. And so there's a tension there constantly. Now, as it happens on the business side and the charity side, all of this is pretty much in the sewing space. So we ended up having an integration there thematically where we have Pixie Fair is our e-commerce operation. If you're not familiar with it, you can check it out, P-I-X-I-E-F-A-I-R-E.com. It's a marketplace of about 3,500 digitally downloadable patterns, sewing patterns, and then a video training and a, me a membership course, like Sewing with Cinnamon is what it's called. And then we have our charity called So Powerful. And uh, so that, and that's got its own trajectory and its own life. And, uh, and, but we try our best to integrate them all and, and bring people into the charitable work from our e-commerce operation. We don't really push the other way. We don't try to bring people into our e-commerce operation from the charity. It doesn't make a lot of sense and it would seem weird and wrong anyway. But so we, you know, we do our best to use our business to have an on-ramp for people learning about the charity. Yeah. Nice. So a lot of people listening, and that would include me, have a wish to be more, what's the word, helpful to other people, or maybe in yeah. many cases, a much stronger calling as you experienced, almost visceral kind of calling experience. And I'm sure that's not yeah. not unique, but it's not easy to actually do this stuff, is it? So what suggestions do you have for people who are really interested in making a difference, but don't know where to get started? 
I think the main thing is not to boil it down to just platitudes, but I think it's true that in life there really are people who are givers and people who are takers. And the people who are givers have art to give. And so the ones who aren't that, then they won't ever really, they might flirt with the idea of doing something charitable, but it's really about their ego or about status or positioning. It's There's some kind of kernel of personal self-interest there. But for the ones who just say, man, I'm just brokenhearted by whatever it is, orphan kids or the planet being, the rainforest being destroyed or like whatever topic it is. And it's like just some topic that captures your heart and imagination and, and energy. I think that's the place to start is asking yourself the question, what are you really passionate about? So passionate that you would give up your time and give up your talent, give up your treasure, that you'd pour your heart and soul into something if you could make a difference in that regard. And I think that's the place to start is really going back to your own reflections in your life. What's really stood out to you? What things have you said, no, this just is, as I just can't stand. This isn't right. This can't, the, in a world, a modern world, this can't be happening. What's like, why in the world is there something like whatever it is you're thinking about allowed to exist. That's where it starts, I think. And getting clear on that, I think, is a f great first step. And sometimes that takes journaling or introspection. It takes reflecting back on times when you've really been ticked off and upset about something and asking yourself the question, why? What's the motivation there or, or issue or concern that's caught your attention? Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess for me, it kind of ties in a way with commercial life in so far as that a lot of people go into product areas they don't really care about and mm. it's generally yeah. a disaster <laughs> so i yeah. think having something that really you care about and interestingly of course that even though it was because you as you said the sort of profit what do you say uh, non-profit focused people who couldn't pay the bills but even so mm -hmm. what you ended up doing was very much driven by uh, uh, an unusual talent that cinnamon had mm -hmm. right if not to yeah. passion it's not a bad thing for everyone to reflect on anyway even in purely commercial life but i guess it doubly yeah. goes for charity because otherwise why bother going through it as you say yeah you're either going to care enough to do it or you're not as you say yeah what's some practical steps then i so say it was a practical prelude journaling and introspection sounds mm -hmm. like a good process but that's not a doing step what are the sort of next things that we need to do if you're really going to pursue this path yeah, I think it's a really valuable step to actually do something that might feel like a little bit of a research project or Googling around real intensively to figure out, are there people doing something in response to the issue that you care about? And are they doing it in a way that you feel like is a good approach to it? I mean, the, as soon as you start to go down that path of what's happening that you're upset by, you, you're already articulating in your mind something called a theory of change, which is basically your response to the issue. Now, you might have an uninformed theory of change, like you might be completely, you might see something that needs to be changed and you think that you know how to change it and actually you make it worse. But what you want to do is do really a graduate level research to say what charities exist that are operating in that space and what are their core tenets and beliefs, who's behind them, what's their motivation, what, how they run operationally. Can you really see the value in their point of view and approach to to the work? And can you believe in them? Are they a professional, appropriate response to the, to the issue? And if you find the, that organization, if you find a charity that you say, oh man, these guys are just, they know what the issue is. They know how to approach it. They're, they have outcomes that are proven. And I just think they're great people. Then the answer, just throw yourself into the mix with them. Find out who they are, how they operate, how you can participate. Now, if you don't find that person or that group or that charity, then you're left with sort of the horns of a dilemma. 
which is, do you, do you start something yourself? And I didn't start my own charity until I had gotten a graduate degree in international nonprofit management and had worked at a huge organization for 16 years or, yeah, 16 years. And I had volunteered at a lot of smaller charities. So I had a kind of background and point of view on things. But I wouldn't encourage somebody to just start something cold if they've never been involved. Even if there's an organization that you feel like maybe doesn't have the right approach, you might be better off volunteering with them or working with them for a few years just to understand operationally why they do things the way they do. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll come to appreciate their point of view on things, or maybe you'll learn what not to do. <laughs> and fair enough. So. Lynn, very interesting and fascinating to hear this, not a topic we've ever really discussed before. What does strike me is, and this isn't a very popular approach in e-commerce, but it does strike me as very good advice for anyone in e-commerce or indeed trying to start their own business. It's not a bad idea to have some training and experience in a similar company. I'm not saying mm. it's a given that you have to make a rule for yourself and give yourself as yeah. it were, have to take a driving test before you drive, but it's not a bad idea. Frankly, a lot of the people that I know that are quite successful have worked in the industry on behalf of somebody else or partnered with somebody else who had perhaps more money and more experience before they then yeah. ventured into an area on their own, which is yeah. quite a common trait not amongst the e-commerce operators as a whole that I know, but the successful ones, which is a bit of a hint, isn't it? That the experience and training does count, which yeah. somehow there seems to be almost a pride that everyone takes probably because they're trying to sell courses in saying, oh, experience doesn't matter. Start your own thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, start your own thing. And I'm not saying that you have to put a rule on yourself, but I do think experience does count. And if you have experience in something, yeah. it makes sense to pursue that area as long as it's something that crosses the Venn diagram of I care about yeah. this. And I would say yeah. that, for me personally, that feels like it makes sense in the business world. Again, possibly more extreme in the charity world, because if you don't care about it, if you don't yeah. know about it. I guess if you sell widgets that don't sell, it's disappointing. Whereas if you do a lot of damage to a community somewhere, it's even more important, maybe. But yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think that yeah. the, the difference is in the, in the business space, we're always focused on a product or service. The question is how good a product or service is it? In the charity space, you're really focused on meeting a need or addressing an issue. Again, that phrase theory of change is the kernel of the idea. It's what, what is it that you're trying to alleviate or resolve or reform or correct? There, there's deep water there. You, you have to actually start to think through this stuff and really come to grips with the fundamental approaches. And there's a lot of slapdash, haphazard work that can get done in the charity space that's not effective. And, uh, the, and the worst thing, to be honest, is sometimes the people who do really shoddy work in the charity space are really good fundraisers <laughs> or storytellers. So you've got these two tensions in the charity space. You need to do really good work and learn what good work is in your area. But you then also have to figure out how to raise money for it. And those are two different trade skills. Yeah. And again, I guess I'm speaking with the commercial bias, not having had your charity experience that the shoddy workmanship with great marketing is not uncommon in the commercial space although yeah. over time yeah it's found out and i'm sure the same is true with charities but it can take yeah. a while the difference is the if it's all right for me to go down that rabbit hole for a minute the difference is in the charity space many times people have a philosophy or an approach that they wholeheartedly believe in but time proves is incorrect and they didn't know it. Like with a product, you're like, is this a good garlic press? I can find out in about three seconds or whatever. Is it a good mattress? Give me three or four nights to sleep on it, I'll tell you. Is it a good cheeseburger? I'll find out after one eating. But in the charity space, people can have these very long life cycles of 
really not testing, really not understanding, and then ultimately finding out that, oh, this actually is toxic or destructive or like whatever it is. And that's the sort of the difference is this short, quick response time for products. And it's just a, it's just a different system of thinking. Makes sense. Two quick responses on that. One is occasionally charity gives very quick feedback that what you're doing is wrong. There's a famous story that Charles mm -hmm. Dickens, the author, was involved in a train crash in Victorian Britain. And he went around feeling branded to people, which was seen at the time as a good idea, which turned out to kill a few people from choking, which is not surprising mm -hmm. to me. But so that was a very mm -hmm. obvious misguided attempt. Yeah, that's rarely that big, quick feedback loop. The other one that strikes me though is that in between without going any further down this rabbit hole, but it, it does turn up in e-commerce, is people advising, giving courses, giving books, mm -hmm. doing one-to-one -one or one-to-many uh, advisory, yeah. where, again, wrong thinking. They may wholeheartedly be sincere about it, but may take a while to throw out, throw out the results in yeah. broken businesses. And I think, yeah. again, just because somebody wholeheartedly believes something doesn't mean that yeah. you should follow it. As you say, there's got to be the proof, and that can be complex sometimes, but... Yeah, it is interesting. There, of course, there are people who teach such things. I've never felt inclined to teach nonprofit issues publicly. I did teach nonprofit management as an adjunct professor at university, but that to me was different. It was just like a classroom setting. It wasn't like trying to market a course or anything like that. I think this is one of those things where the subjects are so unique that we might be passionate about that really your own education is required in every one of those spaces if you're really passionate about whatever it is ecology or human trafficking or, or orphan issues or malnutrition. Those are such radically different topics and disciplines. Really, it's more a solo journey to, of discovery in some ways and finding out more about what area you're convicted or passionate about and how to respond appropriately. Anyway. Yeah, I, I guess maybe that's one of the differences between business and charities that the outcome of business can be lots of different types of products, but the main thing it has in common is profit, hopefully, and mm -hmm. cash flow, and yeah. possibly building a valuable asset you can sell. Whereas for charity, as you said, the outcomes you're looking for could be very different and, mm -hmm. and personal. So one yeah. question to come back to you then to bring back to the more sort of practical questions. You've said if you find a charity that you think is great, you could get behind it. And I guess that means you're going to give something to it. So when, you know, what forms yeah. of giving can mm -hmm. we give? I guess cash is the obvious one, but how does it break down? Yeah, there's a phrase that a lot of people will use in the charity space. That's time, talent, and treasure. I think that's a nice phrase. It kind of comprehends different areas. So time is just volunteerism and many organizations need volunteers. And so that's obvious. And sometimes can be hard though, in terms of a, your desire to help. Sometimes organizations don't make it easy. They don't have a lot of good on-ramps for volunteerism. Others do. Others do great jobs with that. So that's time. And then talent is, is uh, bringing your skill sets to the party. As e-commerce operators, we know how to do a very special set of skills. I don't know if it's Liam Neeson from some recent movie, but there's a meme and they yeah. like, they do anything. And it's, I have a very particular skill set. Like yeah. That. I can't remember and, the movie, but I've seen it. Yeah. It's, uh... And we do have a very particular skill set. And so it's not a lot of people on the planet who know how to rig up a welcome sequence with email marketing and good uh, stuff like that, or, or run ads on Facebook. There's a very small group of people who know how to do that relative to the worldwide community of people. And so if there's charity that you are passionate about and they don't have a good website or they don't have a good email marketing, they don't have any social media presence, or can you bring your talent to the party and, and offer to serve? And not with a critique. Hey, let me critique the ways you're not doing something. That's not helpful. You you want to bring your, your skills to the party and say, hey, I'm happy to actually help you run your email marketing or can I be on your email marketing team or whatever, stuff like that. 
So that's talent. And treasure is uh, is your money. Now, your cash giving is valuable for sure. There's also lots of other treasures. So you have assets that you can bring to the party. And when you start to really work hard for a charity and you really, either it's your own charity or a charity you really believe in, you really start to think through how many ways could I help these these people? Like if it's you or whatever, how many things can you do? And actually, as it happens, there are a good number of ways that you can help a charity. This space that we're leasing as our business but we'll run our charity out of this space. So it's gifted office, corporate office. We have staff members who do stuff for our charity that we pay from for our, from our business. So they're a de facto volunteer for our charity, but really we're the ones paying for their work on the business side. And there are other things. There's assets that you want to dispose of, literal things like phones, furnishings, computer, maybe product. There are a lot of fashion retailers. Fashion's a very obvious thing that can be used for charitable purposes. A local homeless shelter always needs clothing and Bombas has done a really great job taking the buy one, give one model to a healthy place. I don't know if you're familiar with them, Michael, but they support homeless shelters. Yeah. And so when you buy socks or underwear or whatever from Bombas, they it, another one goes to a homeless shelter. And that's a really elegant buy one, give one model. Tom's is a hot mess disaster that we can talk about. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the background of that, but Tom's was a really improperly implemented theory of change. And it's a really interesting story. So anyway, so there are lots of ways you can help charities and Time, Talent, Treasure is a pretty good summation. Hey, folks, thanks so much for listening to another episode of The E-Commerce Leader. We're normally aiming to make you the best e-commerce leader you can be, but today we're talking about something a little bit broader than that, which I guess is trying to help you bring some meaning back into your life if, for you personally, that includes some kind of charitable giving or creating a charity. Now, that's quite a specialist thing for many people. That may not be the thing. If it merely interests you, as it does me at the moment as a possibility, then welcome to the club. But if you want to go further with it, then I hope today has really shown you a more concrete example, as Jason and Cinnamon have been acting on, which I find personally really inspiring. The fact that Jason gives to charity, and this is not a small point for me, actually brings a level of trust for me in Jason as a person. And I think that's not a small thing in business. That could be seen as a sort of business-like reason to give to charity, or it could be that it's for you personally, a really important fundamental part of how you view your time on this planet and what you want to give. So a very personal thing, but I thought very interesting stuff. As ever, if you want to have this and also much more practical, how do I make money type content, then you'll find us on a good podcast player near you, Spotify and Apple being the big ones. We're available on all the big ones, Google Podcasts, you name it. If you're able to subscribe on those channels, please do join us. There are many people who've joined us, particularly on Spotify, where we can see that data over the last few months. And of course, if you can give us a rating and a five stars on either of those platforms, Spotify or Apple would be really grateful. Last request would be if you can give us an actual review in old fashioned letters and words on Apple, that would be really fantastic to help inspire us to keep going with giving you the best content we can give you. I hope you've enjoyed today as a little bit of a different one. We'll continue with the same conversation, the second half of the same conversation next show. For the meantime, thanks very much for listening to The E-Commerce Leader. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. 
for free resources including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.